You're listening to The Room Block Podcast, a series of conversations with compelling professionals from the world of events and hospitality. I'm your host, Jen Salerno. I've spent the last 20 years in different facets of the industry, working alongside a variety of people that have one common goal, to serve our customers by creating memorable experiences. Now, I want to share with you the passions, inspirations, and challenges of the individuals who make it happen. In each episode, we'll hear insight and perspective from two guests that fill some of the many roles within this incredible industry. Welcome to The Room Block and enjoy your stay. Greetings, Room Block podcast listeners. How are we already almost two months into 2021? I guess nothing stops the passage of time, not even a pandemic, although it does a great job of confusing it, right? But does anyone else have increased optimism about the coming months? There seems to be a general sense of forward momentum in so many ways. I see more and more good news, a few friends that have been rehired for hotel jobs, I just signed my kids up for a session of summer camp, and it was about 50 degrees in Chicago today. I purposely made time for a nice long walk while the kids were at school, and it was so nice to feel the sun on my face. Maybe all of this forward momentum is like the release that happens after you pull back a slingshot and let go, and we are about to find ourselves launched into a new stage. I mean, I suppose the passage of time guarantees change, at the very least on the calendar, but there is more at play here. We've been kept bottled up and under pressure for almost a year now, and our effervescence is building. It's time to pop the cork. Okay, I think I have made enough analogies for today, and you get the idea. However, I can't help but relate the words momentum and effervescence to my two guests today. If you are a fan of hospitality podcasts, chances are you have come across the names Will Slickers, host of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, and Adam Knight host of the Proven Principles podcast. Despite both having a focus on strategic operations within the property management and vacation rental realm, Will and Adam have very different backgrounds and personalities. But what they do share is a passion for hospitality, continuous learning and improvement, and giving back to an industry that has given so much to them. They found each other when Adam was a guest on Will's show a few years ago, and they've been collaborating and contributing to each other's success ever since. You will understand what I mean about momentum and effervescence when you hear my conversation with Will and Adam. The energy, creativity, and knowledge they possess, combined with the opportunities that exist within the vacation rental and property management arena, especially as we move into the next stage of travel, mean that this is only the beginning for Will and Adam, and that we can expect to hear more from and about these two in the coming months and years. I am so pleased to explore another side of the industry with you today, as Will Slickers and Adam Knight share how the proven principles of hospitality can create an award-winning vacation rental or property management business. Hello, everybody, and thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Room Block Podcast. Today, we have with us Will Slickers and Adam Knight, two fellow podcasters, and there's way more to their stories. So hello, Will and Adam. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Looking forward to this. Excellent. Me too. Me too. I've been watching these two for a while on uh, LinkedIn and, and have listened to their podcast, and I've Love what I hear, so I'm thrilled to have you both on the show. 
So let's start off by finding out a little more about our guests. Uh, Will, can we start with you? Give us your story. Who are you? What do you do? How did you get into the industry? Yeah, I'll try to uh, be uh, very quick and short and not bore you with the, the boring details, but That's long story short. <laughs> exactly. You want all of it? Um, no, it's it, it's a it's a weird journey, but I, I had a, a show for an event company when I was probably like 19 or 20 in Spokane, Washington. Uber really took over and became really popular. So what do you do with a big giant like that you can't really compete with? And so... Um, I closed that business, but in order to pay the bills, I remember picking up some guests at an autograph collection, a brand new hotel that was built in the, in the city, 716 rooms, 60,000 square feet of event space. It was just beautiful. And uh, I remember picking up the guests there and they had that suit and tie. The, uh, the lobby just had an amazing like ambiance to it, you know? And so I fit, said, I'm going to go apply for a job there, even though I have no experience. My best friend, Sam told me I was an idiot, said there's no way they're going to hire you. But uh, either way, long story short, I got interviewed on the spot and hired on the spot. Um, And that's where my passion and love for hospitality kind of started was at that hotel. And then um, I can go into more details, but long story short, I moved to the Oregon coast to manage a couple of boutique properties on the uh, the, the waterline right there, nice beautiful uh, family resort, and then on top of that a fine dining and kind of more luxury resort as well by the same owner. And uh, kind of led into my journey of podcasting. I was entrepreneurial itch that I couldn't scratch while I was on the Oregon coast with no friends or family, so I started a podcast. And um, that led me to quitting my management job. Uh, in 2019, right before 2020 in December, and uh, also getting into yeah, yeah, <laughs> getting into uh, luxury vacation rentals as well because I, my parents have been doing Airbnb stuff. And long story short, here we are today. Okay, wait. So back up a second. So what yeah. was your position in the hotel when you first started? When I first started, I was a front desk. Front, front just desk. Just an agent. Okay. Yep, yep. Just worked in the front desk. I even did a little bit of PBX in the back to help out oh. so mm-hmm. yeah fun stuff okay and then you you said then you went on to manage a few properties so yeah. you went from you just upward trajectory very quickly huh well i was <laughs> i was there for about like two a little over two and a half years and um i took over a supervisor slash assistant role um but with that type of hotel and the size it was we were right across from the convention center as well we had a literal bridge connecting us um yeah so we were we were always busy it was a very fast pace there wasn't if we had a slow day it was rare like really rare and it felt weird um so there wasn't much room to grow in the sense of mentorship and and being taught certain back-end operations and uh, you know revenue management which i'm a huge fan of so I uh, kind of just initially, uh, you know, was like telling them I love the place. I still love the place. I go back as often as I can and um, took on the opportunity to get into management and some other leadership positions as well. Excellent. Well, that's the beauty of hotels, right? I mean, you just there's so many ways you can grow within them between Mm -hmm. brands or, you know, within one property. It's it's just it's never ending. That's why I'm very passionate about telling everybody why it's so great. Agreed. But, Agreed. Cool. 
All right. Well, Adam, how about you? What is your hospitality story? Oh, it's uh, I'll I'll try to summarize. Twenty five years in in a couple of minutes. Um, so <laughs> I'm born and raised in Edmonton, Alberta. So not all that far from Seattle, where I'm based now. Uh, you can get there in a day, a day's drive. Uh, but the the one thing that I knew when I finished uh, high school is that I didn't want to go to college. I just wanted to get out and work. So I was 17 uh, and applied for a job at a, a ski ski resort ish. It wasn't really a ski resort, but it was like it was in Jasper, Alberta, in the Canadian Rockies. Uh, this luxury hotel, uh, Canadian Pacific property, which is now Fairmont, as everybody knows, it is Fairmont. But at the time, it was Canadian Pacific, mm, um, yes. and I uh, it was about three hours from home, and I applied to just get a job away. That was it. Didn't apply for anything in particular. Uh, got hired as a pot washer, working uh, the the best shift of all, seven p.m. to three a.m. Nice. And, <laughs> and and honestly, things just kind of went from there. Um, I moved very quickly into uh, into in room dining, and then um, left that hotel after about a year. Moved back home to Edmonton and uh, was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. It wasn't quite ready to go on to to college yet, or figure out you know other career paths. So, you know, I kind of dabbled in a few other things. I thought about going into banking. I thought about being an attorney. Wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. But all I knew is I moved back and I needed to get a job. So why not just go apply at some hotels downtown in Edmonton and see if I got hired as something. And uh, I got hired on as a bellman at a a big business property right downtown. And and that was the start of my career, honestly, from there. Uh, Moved up to the front desk. And then after about five years after high school, I figured I should probably get some formal education at this point. I had quite a bit of hospitality experience. So applied for this uh, hotel management program in Victoria, British Columbia, uh, got accepted. Uh, I was the old man at 23 in the, <laughs> in the class and uh, worked at the, the Empress Hotel in Victoria, if anybody knows the Fairmont Empress, uh, on, at the front desk while I was going to school. Uh, and finished up that program. And then things just really took off. I, I stayed with Fairmont, uh, moved to Calgary, uh, worked on the private concierge floor there called Fairmont Gold, uh, mm. and then had my first international posting in Bermuda, which was the only international opportunity with Canadian Pacific at the time because those hotels hadn't been rebranded as Fairmont yet. Um, and Yeah, so I was in Bermuda for a little while, and then I came to the U.S. in 2004, uh, to San Francisco and worked at the Fairmont San Francisco, the the original uh, Fairmont. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, did rooms division there, came to Seattle to the Fairmont here, did rooms division, food and beverage, and then took on my first director of ops job uh, down in, at the Fairmont in Newport Beach. Uh, did that for a few years, uh, moved to D.C. Uh, at the Fairmont there for a while uh, as hotel manager and, and interim GM. Uh, went back to the island, spent some time in Barbados as GM at the Fairmont down there. Uh, and then left the organization uh, six years ago, joined up with St. Regis, uh, helped uh, rebrand the, the, it's now a Waldorf uh, Astoria, but at the time it was the St. Regis Monarch Beach uh, in Orange yes. County uh, and saw that uh, that hotel kind of through the, the the renovation and then the reemergence as an independent property. Um, so started at St. Regis, then it was a Monarch Beach Resort. Um, and just a few weeks ago, I think it changed to Waldorf. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then came back up to the Bay Area uh, as uh, as a VP of operations for a small independent company there, uh, overseeing ten hotels. Uh, a couple years ago, came 
to Seattle uh, in a very similar role for a similar size company here, but with national ambitions. So looked after five of their 10 hotels uh, here in Seattle. And then in uh, the beginning of 2020, you know, much like just about everybody in our industry got uh, furloughed initially and then laid off, decided, uh, why not do the thing I've been talking about doing for a long time and start my own hotel management company? Uh, you know, when everything was falling apart all around us. And, you know, I don't think I really knew what that meant at the time. I mean, I needed to do something with my time uh, and figure out how to bring all of this 25 years of my life to to do something different uh, and to try to maybe help people that were figuring out how to figure out the, the pandemic. And out of that, I mean, Will and I met each other a few years ago through his podcast. And uh, all that time, I had always thought about starting a podcast. And I did for a very short amount of time. Uh, but my employer at the time didn't like the content production, like basically focusing on something that wasn't theirs. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. So I stopped that, uh, and then you know, in March of last year, I had the opportunity to start back up again, and uh, kind of relaunched the podcast, uh, got that up and running, and, and those two things now kind of live side by side between the management company and the podcast. Oh um, well, yeah, it's been it's been quite a journey. It's the perfect uh, platform to you know, put out content that's related to what you're doing with your company. I mean, it's, they really go hand in hand. And oh my gosh, the, the properties you've worked at, no wonder hospitality is in your blood. I mean, it's just been in one adventure after another in these gorgeous properties. I'm pretty fortunate. It's, uh, it's been a pretty uh, wild ride uh, to get to this point. And uh, I don't, I definitely wouldn't trade it for anything. Uh, it is 100% of positive taking years off my life, but it, <laughs> it's yeah, been, but it's been uh, a lot of fun. Uh, and, and it's enabled me, you know, in spite of, you know, kind of the long days and, and all of the challenges, everybody listening knows what it's like being in some of these big hotels, uh, to sort of get me to where I am today. Uh, I'm very grateful for it because mm-hmm. it gives me some, you know, perspective and, and the ability to, to share war stories with uh, other people in the industry. Well, right. That's that's another thing that's so beautiful about the industry is those of us who have worked in it for several decades. You get to the point, and you're like, "Well, how can I give back? You know, what can mm. I what can I teach people? Because there's these twenty four seven operations that are. It's just such a unique business to get into. You know, whether or not it's hotels or something that's related to hotels. So, you know, Will, you being across from the convention center, you got a piece of that world, the convention world, which is a, a big part of where I came from. So it's very near and dear to my heart. And it's just it's this massive economic engine that we're all, we are missing right now. And yeah. <laughs> can't wait to see it come back in full force. But all right, cool. So we've established you guys both have different, very different backgrounds. And you both have a lot to bring to the table as far as as what you do. Um, So I'm curious, like, Will, you have described yourself as the Joe Rogan of hospitality. I love it. (laughs) 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 No, I think that's very clever. Can someone tag Joe Rogan on this episode, please? (laughs) Can I please please explain that? Because I did not give myself that name at all. (laughs) Oh. Um, Yes. So... And that's even better. Yes. Yes. So have you ever uh, listened to Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcasts? 
No. Okay. Well, you need to check them out. They're great. Um, okay. Stuart Butler, the host, was on my podcast, and I was on his. Um, they're Fuel Marketing, which is a marketing and tech company that pretty much creates solutions for hotels and marketing and all this other stuff. Um, they have a podcast, and so um, they were the first podcast I actually listened to when I started Slick Talk. And so, like, they're kind of like a big inspiration for me. Um, I was on their show, and before the episode came out, uh, my episode with Stuart came out on mine. And long story short, I was listening to the, an episode just like I normally do on a, a Sunday evening. And Stuart goes, yeah, I was recently on Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. This guy Will Slickers. And then they're making fun of my name for a little bit. They're like, Slick Willie, ha, ha, ha. Um, so all these things. Um, and he was trying to describe how it was being on the show. And he's like, yeah, he's like the Joe Rogan of hospitality. He's just interviewing all these cool people in the industry from food and beverage to lodging to this and to that. And it's really interesting. And I was like, I literally like paused the recording Right, or like not the other recording the episode when I heard that and I was like I think I almost cried to be honest but I was like to be <laughs> yeah. called the Joe Rogan of hospitality I was, it was such an honor so I put that in um, my clubhouse bio and it's been sticking very very well <laughs> oh my god well, you know what why not I mean that that is a good way to describe it I remember seeing you post one day something about how you had enough interviews that you had conducted for your podcast to take you through putting out three episodes a week through several months it was like a seven or or no six months it was almost six months of content i mean and this is when i first started my podcast and i was like holy cow how because i know how much work it is to set these things up and to go through the process of scheduling and interviewing and it's a lot of energy because you got to be on so i was like okay this guy is on fire like he's got so much happening so yeah congratulations thanks it's just uh yeah i love it it's a lot of work but at the end of the day i think um this industry has given me so much. It's changed my life in a lot of ways. Um, if you met me prior to getting into hotels or anything like that, or before even I joined the the, the National Guard, you would have been shocked um, to see the person uh, that I was. I just struggled with depression and, and all these other confidence issues. And just, it was not the person who I was. And so um, the industry gave me so much life and a lot of purpose and, and um, just a feeling of home. So yeah, that's kind of like, I think what, the drive is for the show it's like to continue to give back as much as i can hopefully and hoping people get value from it oh for sure for sure and so then adam is for you now you're coming in from a different point of view a different place even you know working in it for a couple decades like you mentioned and what is your kind of area of of focus you you mentioned about um you know, starting a management company. I mean, mm-hmm. what is it that you bring to the table? You know, what's your your purpose? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, my my in a one sentence elevator pitch, uh, sure. I help owners and managers stabilize their hotels. Mm. So my background is in uh, is is primarily in operations, but then obviously getting into you know being a GM and a, a VP of operations, you're in much more in administration and much more holistic in the overall, uh, like all of the pieces that fit into making a hotel run. Um, and that's what I've spent, I mean, 25 years in the industry and the last 10 or 12 have been in that sort of capacity. Um, and so my, the whole idea behind starting 
knowing hospitality, the management company, was to bring that that knowledge of how hotels operate, what a great operation looks like. Again, being so fortunate to have been part of such great hotels, knowing what excellence looks like, and knowing the the roadmap to get there. What are the inputs that have to all align to get your hotel to the place that you want it to be? And there's a lot of independent owners out there that, you know, COVID has obviously upended everything for them. Um, but, you know, even in good times in, you know, at the end of 2019, when everything was riding high, there's still a lot of, uh, people, inexperienced owners coming into the industry that don't really know, like they don't, they don't just don't know. They don't know where to go. Sometimes it just seems like such a big animal. You don't even know where to start. So the genesis of the company was to start uh, an organization that helped people be able to make their properties as good as they can be. And it's not about spending money. I want to be very clear. It's you could have the most beautiful hotel with the best everything and have terrible service culture and have no direction when it comes to, you know, your your sales and marketing efforts or or your revenue management strategy. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes that I think people unless they're really entrenched in the industry don't know about that <laughs> they need they really need some guidance with. I couldn't agree more with what you just said. That was spot on. It, it's true. I mean, as a as a traveler, you go into a property and everything just seems to run. You know, it's running like clockwork. You check in, but like <laughs> what it takes to get to that point is mm-hmm. so intense. So many departments working together. Uh, you know, I started as a concierge. I It was kind of a cool place to start in a hotel because it was almost like radio control you know, because you have frontline people coming to you that are just in the lobby and they need help. But then it's like you have to figure out really quickly where to call, you know, some you know, engineering. Who who would have thought, you know, I didn't know coming to a hotel like, oh, there's like this massive engineering department that's mm-hmm. like behind the scenes, <laughs> fixing things, making sure everything's working, you know, IT, like all of that. Just, Will, you mentioned PBX, like it's just so much that goes into it. Yeah. Yeah. I do not miss the PBX operations. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember even, you know, moving into, especially at the corporate level, uh, I mean, yeah, in a hotel, there's, I say this all the time, there's, I mean, there's so many different professions that you can get entrenched in under one roof. But mm-hmm. aside from that, you know, when I, when I got off property, then I started interacting with like the California Hotel Lodging Association and understanding what was coming down from like a regulatory perspective and how that was going to. Uh, not only affect the hotels, but like what we had to plan for uh, and get ahead of that could affect our business or could affect our guests or our employees. And so there's, it just, it mushrooms. It, you don't, even when you're out of the property, there's still so much more that you can do and be a part of. Yes. And I, I got I have to say, there's probably not many other industries like it. I, I think you're absolutely correct. And that's probably why it's, you know, another reason I'm so passionate about it and because it is so many pieces that all work together you know that's cool that what you just said about you know, getting involved in and understanding what it takes from a regulatory standpoint but then even now think about like your different convention bureaus and their stake in the whole you know mission of of getting a city to work together to bring conventions to their city mm-hmm. like the hotels have to you know, comply with those kind mm-hmm. of wants and needs. And I mean, it's just, it's not just like serving one guest that walks in the door. There's so much more that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, so now we're, you know, I'm talking conventions here, but I'm going to totally switch gears, actually, because, um, you know, I've mentioned that my world is formerly very heavy on conventions, but something that we did not deal with a lot in my former world and that I would love to kind of talk about is, you mentioned, Will, the vacation rental world. Mm-hmm. And so um, this is this is something that, you know, I feel like 2020, from an outsider perspective, it seems like vacation rentals were really reaping the benefits of 2020 because you've got people who still wanted to try to travel, but they were not really comfortable going into hotels. I mean, I, I just anecdotally, I just know a lot of yeah. people who personally were like, yeah, I'm uh, shipping out to Florida, staying in a vacation rental for a month by, you know, yeah. Michigan, yeah. wherever. So. Let's talk about this. Like, I'm just, I'm so curious, like, where is the vacation rental place in this industry? How, how does it factor into the hospitality world? For sure. And that's a great question. A question I get on a daily basis from a lot of hoteliers, from a, anyone in the hospitality space that really like Airbnb or vacation rentals and short-term rentals have, have kind of been like the silent uh, rising star, I guess, like you could say, especially through 2020. Um, yes, they've reaped the benefits, but also they've all been brutally hurt in a lot of areas too, due to regulations and shutdowns and the way that it's such a new segment of hospitality that not a lot of people have been, um, ta- I don't think, maybe taken seriously when it comes to uh, the tax revenue they bring to cities and all these other things. But long story short, um, I kind of got into it because right when I started at that hotel in Spokane, uh, my parents finished uh, c- completing, they bought this house and above their garage, there was a, a two bedroom, two bath apartment, but it was all beams. It was nothing. It was literally just wooden beams. And yeah. so my dad, who is the handyman that he is, redid, the, you know, finished the the building furnished it, did all the nice appliances and everything, and were like, well, we're going to rent it out long-term. And then they heard about Airbnb. So they're like, let's just try it out. They had a really bad long-term renter who just, um, long story short, was not a good fit. So um, seeing the type of money that they're generating from 1800 a month lease to now two to $3,000 a month in, in rental income from short-term rentals um, kind of sparked the light bulb. And I as the entrepreneur entrepreneur but like also the hotelier side of me was like this is like running a little hotel it literally is a one room or one unit hotel where once it's booked it's 100 percent occupied um versus how <laughs> hotels you have you know 30 percent occupancy out of the whole building you know and so i was so like true. man let's yeah i was like let's apply all these check-in things and like little guest experience stuff how can we create moments what's really important in a hotel for me really good sheets clean bed little, you know, soap amenities, coffee, I need coffee, like, so just kind of express that to them. And they took, took it and ran and um, ended up really doing well with it. And they still run it today. Um, And that was like five or six years ago. So long story short, the vacation rental industry, um, I think, started off as a couch surfing platform, kind of like how Brian Chesky and them were, were really just trying to travel the world, but as cheaply as possible. And even when they were trying to travel the world, they're trying to make some money by putting an air mattress in their spare bedroom. Um, so granted, I think a lot of people got the bad idea of Airbnb and the short-term rental market because of 
kind of that that that's a big risk you're allowing a stranger to stay in your home on an air mattress for however many dollars a night like it's kind of open to a lot of sketchy situations. It's like when you drop the hotel rates down to 66 bucks and you get all the, the riffraff that come off the off the street or the locals that cause trouble or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So it got kind of a bad name, but VRBO and a few other like uh, professional you know platforms like that really help kind of represent the industry properly and, and show that you know we are professional, we are... Um, up to standard we just want to see at the table like hotels and hotels are now well we want you to be regulated and taxed the way we're taxed and there's an ongoing conversation between the two but uh, to answer your question on where does this segment live in hospitality I think it's one of it's been one of the backbones throughout the pandemic for sure because hotels um, a hotel that I interviewed on my podcast they're still closed to this day they've been closed since April so it's it's kind of a segment that I think obviously with Marriott and Accor getting into um, within the last few years will become a part of a bigger lodging demographic than we're ready or expected to even see. Mm -hmm. Well, so then Adam, do you have any thoughts as far as, you know, being more on the hotel side of things about short-term rentals or vacation rentals and, and how they factor into what you do and, mm-hmm. and, and, and how it impacts your world. Yeah, this is, I really do believe that vacation rentals are the future of the hospitality industry in many respects. I mean, look at, you know, Marriott and Accor's investment in the space, and they wouldn't be putting so much time and energy into building their own vacation rental platforms. If they didn't see that there was going to be a big, return on that time and, and, and money investment. You know, factor in the fact that the short-term rental, the vacation rental, whatever whatever you want to say, whatever, whatever you want to call it, is the one segment in hospitality by and large that's, that's done relatively well through the pandemic. Um, and sure, there are some hotels that have been full all the time and, you know, some markets have been done better than others. But if you look at the aggregate, Short-term rentals have far outperformed traditional hotels. Um, I think that it's a style of travel that many people are going to continue to enjoy as long as it's done well, as as long as the experience Mm -hmm. is is executed properly. You've got more and more people like Will, people with my background, getting into vacation rental management and professionalizing it from a hotel standpoint. So not just putting out some apartment out there, hoping people book it, but like making sure that it truly is a great experience for people and treating it like a one room hotel and building your own brand off of it, uh, -hmm. to to some respects. Um, and then there's, there's technology that's been integrated into the vacation rental space that is sure to make its way into the hotel space. There's just so many things going on in that world that I think it's only a matter of time that other hotel companies see that there's a big big ocean here that we need to start fishing in and they start turning their attentions to what's going on in that space because the other thing playing into all of this is that you know we know that leisure travel is still performing you know it's it's the better of the three main segments of guest travelers it's still not good but it's better than business travel and group travel and we don't know when either of those things are going to come back and vacation rentals are mostly leisure travel so if Mm -hmm. you're starting to like you know you've got a third of your guest pool is traveling and, you know, a lot of them, you're, you're sort of competing with the other hotels in your market for a smaller p- 
piece of the pie, uh, what's a natural place where you could go to get a bigger slice of that pie? It's to, you start looking at where are those people going to and it's yeah. vacation rentals. If I could just piggyback off of that, because I think you brought up a really good point of the, the professionalizing of it um, in, in the vacation rental space. Uh, when you get onto Airbnb or the platform of Airbnb, um, you're called a host. So um, it's an interesting way of having people like ourselves who can have a spare bedroom, um, maybe a second vacation home or whatever, and put on this platform and host people. But what we're seeing now, especially because of the pandemic and with people in our network that are going out and training people how to actually professionalize the experience and the operations and use these tech platforms and marketing platforms, like Adam said, build a brand, you're seeing these hosts turn into property managers. And the difference is that a host is really just getting their feet wet. They're learning about hotels. They're learning about hospitality. They're learning about these things, what a check-in looks like, how to you know add an experience, what are little moments you can create in a property. They're learning these things. Then once they get to like two properties, maybe three, they're helping some friends that want to do the same thing. They end up realizing they're making a substantial income amount. Then they get to five properties. And then once they get to that mark, they're really becoming property managers where people like Adam, myself, etc., cetera, um, really implement systems and procedures and standards and create a brand around this whole this whole thing. And it really raises the bar on on the operations and the overall segment of hospitality. Okay, that's so cool because I never really thought about it from that standpoint of like, I love that the concept of host turning into property manager and, and this professionalization of of that platform. And I mean, so you're saying, and I, this could be have been happening for years and I wouldn't know, it's just, again, not part of my world, but like yeah. the, there's trainings that exist for people to like learn how to, how to run their kind of so i can explain yeah i can explain that too um but it's it's interesting because you have people that have done it and they professionalize it and they they make great brands and they end up making a good amount of revenue and they start getting into the boutique hotel side of things like they start purchasing properties like that but then they create like courses to teach people so people are interested they'll create a master class or a coaching thing that they can do um but one of my affiliates is hotel.school and they are some of the biggest uh, vacation rental and also hotel professionals from all sorts of the world, Swiss hotel schools and et cetera, that are coming together during the pandemic specifically um, that said, you know, this is, a, this is something that needs professional education on for people like hoteliers uh, or for people just interested in hospitality in, in general, that they need some, some good education. And um, so they created the hotel.school. Um, it's pretty much micro-based learning. So you can, it's courses up to, you know, maybe a month long, but the segments are 20 to 30 minutes each, just so that you get, you get the value, the real value. You don't have all this fluff. It's just, this is what you need to know about revenue management. This is what you need to know about marketing. This is what you need to know about cleaning. They have all those things um, right then and there. And it's kind of cool, like granite, I don't wish evil on anybody, but during the pandemic, we saw a lot of the bad ep- operators leave. There's a lot of, uh, the, the, there's people and operations and companies that left a bad taste in a lot of hoteliers' mouth and a lot of the vacation rental people's mouth. But the pandemic kind of weeded out the poorly operated, bad intentional companies that were 
we're trying to get into the space and profit from it without having to um, actually contribute some value. So mm-hmm. it's been kind of interesting to see that shift and the rise of the professional and the good ones versus the exit of the the bad. So it's been quite quite the journey. That's very interesting. Just it's a whole world I knew nothing about, but I can see where the the education and the training opportunities are endless when you think about it. So like. Adam, I mean, I'm wondering, you know, you've got this extensive background in what it takes to run a successful operation. So like, from your point of view, like, what are some best practices that hotels employ that, you know, vacation rentals can take on and and adapt into their own style? I love this question. I love it because it's so tangible. And there's so many, there's low hanging fruit everywhere that people can take advantage of. And I would say at at a high level, it's attention to detail. But if you break that down, (laughs) (laughs) but if you break that down, what does attention to detail look like? And it's tough because that it means different things to different people, right? Like for me, uh, the thing that I despise the most is a rat's nest of wires under a desk. But a lot of people would walk into a hotel room and they wouldn't even see that. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I used to, I, I would make my housekeepers and maintenance people crazy because they, I'd have like, I need you to get under here and like hide these wires. I can't deal with this. It looks <laughs> terrible. And then when it's cleaned up, it looks amazing. It looks right. so much better. Right. So it's it, when you're going in and, and especially in the, the vacation rental world, looking at your space, whether it's a, you know, one room or a house from the guest's perspective, what is it that, that, what are the cleaning? requirements that you have of your cleaning company, or if you're doing the cleaning yourself, what are you cleaning, uh, you know, every day? And then what do you have set up to be done maybe weekly and monthly to make sure, you know, cleaning and maintenance and, and preventative maintenance in your space is getting taken care of just like it gets taken care of in a hotel. So, you know, a good example would be like in a hotel room, they would, you know, dust the surfaces every day. But they won't high dust everything every day. They won't get like on top of the armoire and do the crown molding and, you know, do the, um, you know, maybe some of the vents don't get done every day, but that'll get done weekly, that kind of stuff. Or underneath the sink on the the pipes underneath the, the bathroom sink, that kind of stuff. Um, it You want to set up processes where you're kind of methodically going through your space, making sure everything gets clean, but on a cadence that makes sense. Uh, another piece of advice that I give to a lot of people is that when you're done cleaning your space, go look at it from your guest perspective by sitting on the toilet and sitting on the bed and just look around. And what do you see, right? Do you see the, the pelt of dust that's on the vent in the bathroom that hardly ever gets cleaned because everyone forgets about it. And you can like literally peel it off in some cases. It's gross. Or the ceiling or the ceiling fan. Yeah. The ceiling fan, uh, you know, under the bed, right? There's all of these stuff that like, but if you don't know these little tricks and you don't really know what you're looking for, you're like, yeah, place looks clean. But like, meanwhile, the 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 railing on your patio is like chipped and the wood isn't in good condition. Or, you know, you, you've got a plastic chair up, out that's just sort of off in a corner somewhere, this orphan chair that's on your patio that like, <laughs> it, it doesn't look nice. Like, it doesn't look bad, but you haven't created like a little seating nook with, you know, where people can envision themselves sitting there and having, you know, a coffee and reading a book. It's just mm-hmm. this like, you could picture it like that, that gross white plastic chair that everybody sees everywhere is just <laughs> in the corner on your patio. So right. there's like, 
right? There's little things that you can do that hotels do so well. You could bring that mindset into your vacation rental and, and be way more successful than the vast majority of, of operators out there. That is so cool. I love that mindset that, that, and you know, that's probably what separates the, the good from the great and yes. the exceptional is, is yeah. having that because I mean, like, I'm sorry, I'm not to be gross, but like in my own house, like I just, I don't see the clutter after a while, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, then you like one day I'm like, yeah, that, that dumb white chair has been sitting in that corner for like six months. And like, what purpose is it serving? It's just sitting there, you exactly. know, exactly. or, or worse. Exactly. Or worse. Yeah. My feeling <laughs> oh man. <laughs> the clothes on top of the white chair. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, I know. I We're all guilty of move that. a pile of clothes before I recorded. <laughs> We're all this guilty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah. I mean, it, those are the things that make the big difference. Well, you, and what gets me too is that, coming from the front desk like heavy front desk operations um the amount of checklists that a front desk agent has in am pm and uh maybe a mid-shift and audit is ridiculous it's so much like Mm -hmm. just crap in my opinion granted like i was a manager of all these hotels and stuff so like i i remember creating these checklists for my teams and i just hated it and the vacation rental space you don't you kind of have that weird in between where there's no front desk but there's a guest service person and there's still those kind of systems and checklists that you have to do Mm -hmm. but thankfully on the vacation rental side a lot of it can be automated to the point where you are more available to create moments you're able to be more aware of these type of guest experience things that you can do so that's why i get really geeky about vacation rentals is because it's like all right there's not all these crappy checklists i have to do things are automated and when things do go up or a guest brings up a certain question or whatever um you can really get spring into action and and create something really cool so it's just that's where i get excited because that's what we do we're hospitality we're not we're not robots we're not people that just put something on a system and and call it set and forget it you know how we set and forget rates or whatever else (laughs) with hotels that that's not what we are we're an industry that makes memories and experiences so i get all geeky and excited about that little segment but yeah it's so fun uh you get so geeky and excited that you actually created an award did you not yeah 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 <laughs> tell, tell, us, tell us a little bit about your award for vacation rental ownership okay well and so it involves hotels too so don't oh. if you're a listener on the podcast and don't feel um like this doesn't fit you because it fits everybody um mm. So when I was on the COVID testing sites for Washington State, I was activated um, in April to run all the testing sites. And so uh, long story short, I was kind of like, okay, there's these, I kept seeing press releases about tech companies and all these other things that we're getting on the spotlight over and over and over again. And I was like, what the heck? We're in a pandemic and we have people that are operating either hotels or vacation rentals at a higher level than they ever probably have operated ever before with skeleton crews with layoffs with all these things but still providing guest experience whether it's providing a safe home where people can feel comfortable and not have to worry about COVID-19 or whether it's at a hotel and they are staffing traveling nurses or doctors or whatever like these are people on the ground like actually you know serving this is our time like of being on stage and they they weren't getting the recognition that they saw or that they I thought they they 
uh, that I thought they, they deserved. Sorry, that's a mouthful. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, long story short, I was just thinking of like, okay, well, this is what I do. I create destinations. I create experiences. And I didn't want to focus on myself because at the end of the day, um, the more you give, the better off. I, I in my, my kind of thinking, um, the more I don't like taking. I don't like showcasing anything. So like being on a podcast even is like different for me, be on the side of the mic, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so long story short, I was like, okay, this is what I do, but how can I tie that into what everyone else is doing? I'm not the only one doing this. So um, long story short, kind of sat down with pen and paper, what, thinking of a word, what, what fits a, kind of a sexy but professional title? And I was thinking of destinations. I was always excited about creating destinations. Um, so then long story short, news was on, talk about millionaires or whatever. And uh, I was like, destination air? Yeah, ooh, playing with it. And I, I just really like the sound of it. So I created the Destination Air Awards. And what the definition of a Destination Air is just people that are wired to create remarkable experiences that are anticipated and shared. Um, and the reason why I broke that down into is because even during these times of hardship and restrictions and two weeks into flatten the curve, which turned into 12 months, you know, we, it, it, it's, it's going into the point of, okay, there's people that are wired to create the people are still going right now, put their heads down and just really aren't looking for any recognition. Um, they're wired to create, they're still creating experience that's anticipated. People are more than more excited now than ever to get out and travel, to be with friends and family and loved ones. But then they also want to share this. They want to feel confident and trustworthy that they can share this experience. So create the Destination Air Awards to highlight that. And within like the first day of announcing it, when we opened up the nominations poll, uh, we had over 50 um, nominations get get brought in right away from all over the world in South Africa and Italy and Spain and the U.S. and Canada and like just places I've frankly never heard before of either so like it was just incredible it was just incredible to see the the hospitality industry really come together and and recognize each other oh my gosh that is so cool well congratulations on starting that like wait so do you have like a vision like someday are we gonna have like a big awards ceremony and like (laughs) oh yeah like i'm thinking uh, i'm thinking the oscars of hospitality here like we're we're gonna go big um, trying to for 2021 do an in-person and virtual event, but um, with how things are going right now in February, I'm un- I'm still unsure. I'm working with a hotel in Chicago to possibly do it, but um, yeah. yeah, hopefully, knock on wood. But um, we're aiming for August. If anything doesn't happen, we're going to go full virtual, and I'm going to make sure that people from home can still really feel welcomed and and a part of this award. So that's kind of the goal. But when things open up, you guarantee. Every year, we're going to change it up and get bigger and bigger and go to different hotels and properties and destinations around the world. So that's the goal. Man, I feel like we are just seeing the beginning of, of what you're doing here. I mean, this is <laughs> there's there's so much. There's so much that you have your hands in. And that's, a I don't know, I mean, creating awards, you're creating. I mean, do you actually do you have your own rental or is it just your parents? Um, I don't have my own uh, that I own, um, but long story short, uh, Adam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go so, for it. Okay. Okay. Uh, so long story short, Adam and I, he, he was a guest on my podcast when I first started uh, a little over three years ago. And we've been become really good friends the last few years and just really got to know each other. Um, 
we love the work that we do. And so uh, we've actually taken on this new management company together to manage luxury rentals and also um, people that you know have second vacation homes or whatever uh, called recreation rentals. So we're, we're building a new brand and, and taking on the world one, one property at a time. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Well, again, yeah. congratulations now to you both. Wait, so are you saying this would be almost like a in in the realm of like a VRBO or no, not really, because that's like a that's a platform. This is more yeah. A, yeah. Yeah. So we'll be the management company, um, overseeing operations, taking care of the guests, setting rates and building brands and standardizing properties. Um, but really taking on this asset that other people just don't leverage and, and generate some revenue from it. Well, and Adam, like we were saying before, with, with what you are able to teach people or what you, you know, the different principles, the proven principles. That <laughs> <laughs> we got that. My wife and I came up with that name over a bottle of wine in, uh, in like a friend's backyard in Palo Alto. Uh, and really? when it was this moment of serendipity, we're like, oh, my God, this is this is the name. This makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is. Yeah, it's bringing yeah. <laughs> bringing some of these uh, these principles of of luxury hotel management and and creating great experiences and and not only that, like and being good stewards of the properties that we're responsible for for the owners. Hundred percent. So you know, Will Will's got experience with uh, with having a property in the family. Like you want to make sure that 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 property the owners of that property are well taken care of, right? I've had mm-hmm. I've had a couple of of properties that I've owned in the past and I've Airbnb'd my own house countless times. I know the apprehension that people have about having strangers come in and they want to make sure that, you know, they're, they're, they're just, their stuff is taken care of and they're exposed to as little risk as possible. And so thinking like owners, but also bringing the, the, the professional hospitality management side to elevate the game. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah, and I've dealt with big mansions and castles and other stuff like that. So like we 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 know kind of the the realm in a very big um, operation standpoint. And having the podcast that we do really help. So um, our our preferred owner or person that owns these second homes, like literally by the click of a button, can see that we're not new. We're not people that don't know what we're doing. We have this accredibility aspect to it, which has made it really exciting because we work with great people like Marriott Homes and Villas and and uh, people like yourselves. So it's, yeah, it's really great. So much good stuff to come. I'm so excited to see both of you. Yeah, we're pretty, we're pretty pumped. It's going to be great. The, uh, the company, yeah, we just, we're about to launch uh, and, and get everything all set up. So it's, uh, uh, we're just like a loaded spring. Yeah, pretty much. Excellent. Well, so I'm going to ask kind of a broad question and you can answer it however you, from whatever perspective you want. But I mean, you're both saying just such wonderful things, wonderful news, just so much positive ambition that's come out of of the past, not just year, but I mean, obviously the last year has really helped launch some projects for both of you. But how do you guys define success in what you do? Well, like, I don't know, I'm still pretty young. I'm, I'm turning 26 tomorrow on February 6th. So like, I, I have a lot of life and, and experience to, to earn. But I, I think for me, what success looks like is that um, I've learned a lot in this last like, couple years. And what 
truly val like what I'm truly valuing is relationships even deeper than I ever thought, um, and the overall just ability to to learn as I go. Like the fact like I have this opportunity to do what I love full time and to to really just figure it out. Um, that to me is success in itself. Just because I don't think a lot of people. Um, take that opportunity if, if they have it and so um, to, to be able to fail to be able to create ambitious ideas like uh, uh, Oscars of the hospitality or uh, vacation rental management company or whatever um, to have that opportunity in itself is success and um, I've learned a lot from Adam um, we're, we're a part of a little podcast group and a few other like networks and we just there's so much value that uh, people in our industry bring and uh, just have a seat at the table really gets me like, oh, I, I, I probably would cry, you know, like if, if you weren't recording, I would probably like let tears out right now. Um, but it's just <laughs> you can do it on the show. It's, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just there's so much things. And so I, I guess my first success is just to get, be able to continue to move forward, to be able to create a vision and execute on it. That's that's more than enough for me and to, to learn like I'm I had a review the other day that someone just says we feel like Will's learning with us and I was like holy crap I never looked at it like that but at the end of the day to be able to do that that's successful that's the what I what I just love doing and I think I'm going to continue to apply throughout the, the rest of the years it sounds perfect I love it my turn I guess right yes I have to give uh, yeah, I have to give credit to Michael Tingsayer, who's the host of the Hospitality Mavericks podcast. Um, so plug it. So that's four podcasts plugged on this show. Yours and mine and Will's and Michael's. Um, <laughs> we need to have he, a big roundtable of podcasts. We totally should. One can day. we please? Yeah. Oh my god! I mean, <laughs> so can good. you imagine the minds? I'd love you it. should moderate too because you're a killer moderator. Will oh, listen to this guy okay. in Clubhouse. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry. Okay, so. Um, he said on a call that we had the other day uh, that he's only interested in doing things that give him energy. And I had had this thought before, but I was never really able to put it into such simple terms. And that is really where I'm at right now in what I'm doing. I'm only interested in doing things that give me energy. I've spent so long, so many years in my career putting in time and energy and effort into things that either I, I didn't buy into, I didn't believe in, or that took me away from the things that really matter in life, which is, uh, you know, your relationships and, and feeling fulfilled in what you're doing. Um, and you know, hospitality can come at a high cost. I mean, it could, you, you can very easily let your health go down. Uh, you know, it comes at the cost of personal relationships. And I mean, everybody who's married to someone in the industry who doesn't work in the industry knows exactly what I'm talking about right now, oh, yeah. uh, where they're always at work. And so I'm just, I, I'm not interested in doing that anymore. I want to be part of projects that, that I can give my all to, uh, that I hate using the word provide value, but, or the term provide value, but like that, that just help people get through what we're dealing with right now, get their operations to be better, provide some education, maybe a different perspective on something, whatever it is, if I can just be a part of that conversation and, and, and help give back to the industry that's given me so much through my career. Um, that's really where I'm at right now. That is beautiful. I love that concept of only doing what gives you energy. Because, yeah. you know, I, I said this a few days ago on a different recording, but I'll say it again. And I, I think it's just something that's 
it just blew my mind and that my husband told me that um he hasn't seen me this happy since he first met me and i was a concierge and i was like huh okay that's weird because <laughs> like, i really because i loved i loved my job like my whole career loved it right mm -hmm. but now that you're in a position you, you both i can see it in both of you and that's why you're you know so engaging to speak with because the the love of what you're doing right now just comes out so strong mm -hmm. and i guess i feel like that's you know for me doing this show is it's just brought this whole new world of creativity and and energy oh, yeah. i was gonna say I, I i i'm pretty sure you feel it but like i think when you start out in like the hotel hospitality game is of you there's already structures and things put in place like it's like okay i'm either front desk i'm food and beverage i'm room service i'm bellman like there's these little boxes which is fine like we have a great industry and we we obviously all know that we love it but i think you you especially let, tell me if i'm wrong but creating this podcast and having conversations the way you do with your guests probably has opened your eyes to that the amount of different avenues that hospitality really opens up you no longer have to be this i'm a front desk agent i'm this i'm you can literally be almost anything and and create something really beautiful and i'm pretty sure you've seen that too and that's why your husband probably recognizes it because you're like this is like a whole new world well you know it's funny because what my career has done for me is it actually has taught me a lot of that because i've been on so many sides of it mm -hmm. um so i think what i'm what i'm able to do now is go back it's almost like revisiting like the highlights and and being like okay like i want to tap into this meeting planner because i they have a story to tell about their side of the industry and this hotelier has a story to tell about their side but then you know there's just there's so many other parts i haven't even dived into yet so and that's why i'm so happy to have you guys on to talk about your versions and it's funny too because i i thought i knew a lot of people in the industry you know, because like I mean, once you're in it for several, a couple decades, it's like, all right, like I know a lot of people, right? But then it's like, <laughs> no, no, I've met more people in the last eight months doing yep. the show than I have ever talked to. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I mean, I, my, my world has expanded for sure. A hundred percent. That's like the coolest part of it, too. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. And I mean, I'm just so blown away by the caliber of people that are out there. I mean, like you too, I'm just like, man, like, I mean, I just, so I'm so happy to have you both here because just watching you from afar of what you do, it's just like, my goodness. And Adam, I meant to tell you that when you were talking about how you came up with your, with your company and you were saying, you know, about knowing this and, and knowing that, I'm like, that your company is called Knowing Hospitality. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. that's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm, a, I'm married to uh, uh, someone who works in advertising, so it helps. <laughs> well, there you go. See, and that's why I've told Infinitely him more since, creative than I am. <laughs> and that's why I've told him since day one, I was like, dude, the way your podcast is branded, the way Knowing Hospitality is branded, it like ties into everything that you say and preach. And like, it's perfect. I couldn't find, like, if you... Showed me proven principles and knowing hospitality, and then showed me Adam Knight. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, like, thank you. It just <laughs> it, it just fits. <laughs> thank you. No, thank you. Yeah. I'm glad that that comes through because it's hard to know sometimes. I mean, you know, you guys are it podcasters. You never know if what you're saying yeah. resonates or lands, or if it sounds, <clears throat> if you sound like you know amateur hour over here, or if you mm -hmm. kind of know sound like you know what you're talking about. Uh, but it's I think you know Jen, since you put the podcast out, you're performing such an important 
service for the industry and having all of these different voices on the show and and the impact that you're having through this pandemic is enormous and and I think you know I'm really glad that you, you we were able to connect and, and be on the show with 100%. you but you know I I love seeing how your shows progressed and even you just came out with a new um, courtesy block uh, oh, yeah, section nice. right like mm-hmm. awesome like that you're growing your brand and you're growing the message and I love yeah. it I just you know the more the merrier in this space so you know thank you for doing what you do well thank yeah. you that that means so much um because it, it's, it's right when you start off you're like well wait are there other podcasts in this space i didn't even know it no idea then you start to look it's like oh my gosh how cool mm-hmm. there are and like you said the more the merrier for sure yeah yeah so well plug yourselves i mean i want i tell tell my audience where they can find you um you know hear your show um we're going to start with Adam, <laughs> give us give us the whole deal. Your company, you your podcast, you everything. <clears throat> Sounds good. Okay, so the uh, the Knowing Hospitality is the name of the hotel management and hospitality consulting company. Uh, if you want to learn more about that, just go to knowinghospitality.com. So you can find me there. Find the company services that we do. Everything lives there. Uh, the podcast is called the Proven Principles Podcast, uh, and the website for that is theprovenprinciplespodcast.com. Uh, it's available everywhere. Any any podcast platform you listen to, you can find it even on Alexa. You can say, Alexa, play the Proven Principles podcast. It'll, it'll <laughs> yes. come up. Uh, I tested that the other day, actually. I didn't even set it up and it worked. So that was, you know, that was nice. Isn't it fun? Um, <laughs> and if you want to find me, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on Clubhouse a lot lately. Um, Instagram, Twitter. It's always at Adam Knight. Perfect. And I will, I will link up to a lot of that in the show notes. So Sounds good. Thank you. And we'll... The Joe Rogan of hospitality. <laughs> Gosh, never gonna let that live down. It's like it's a great marketing tool, but every time I hear it, it makes me blush and ah. feel weird. Um, but <laughs> no, you guys can find uh, everything on SlickTalkThePodcast.com. Uh, that's pretty much where all my stuff lives until other websites and other things are done. But there's the Destination Air Award information there. Um, there's a little bit more about me. We're going to have our recreation rentals website kind of hubbed into there a little bit to help funnel traffic that way. Um, you can find the podcast on all podcast platforms, um, soon to be another cool platform to come and all this other stuff. So, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I'm on clubhouse often. So if you guys are clubhouse, uh, followers or listeners, you can find me, will slickers on every platform like LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, it's will with one L. So just make sure you get that and you'll find me. Excellent. Thank you. Yes, he's everywhere. <laughs> well, good. Thank you guys both so much for being on. This was such a great conversation. And I learned a lot about vacation rentals and, and that whole world. And and I love the way that you're bringing a professionalism to that industry. So thank you so much. Thank you. This thank you for having us. You're the best. Thanks again to Adam and Will for such a fun conversation, for teaching us what it means to be a destination heir, and even for giving us tips on how we can become one. Your enthusiasm and knowledge about the world of hospitality is infectious, and I mean that in the best possible way. Well, that is a wrap on this week's episode, and I want to hear from you. Please send feedback, show ideas, comments, questions, and of course, interest in participating to me at roomblockpodcast at gmail.com or send me a message on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. 
Thank you for joining me today, and please remember to subscribe to The Room Block so you can continue to join in the conversation.